Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, We make him a liar. His word is not in us. Our Father, as we look at your word this morning, we thank you for the goodness and the warmth that we feel because we are your children in your presence. Speak to each of our hearts as we each have need. May there be decisions made this morning that are necessary for a right relationship with you. May hearts and minds be all clear and settled in your sight. May repentance be found, forgiveness sought, salvation brought into someone's life this morning. We ask in Christ's name. In the early portion of this particular letter that John wrote, he identified the fact that the message that he was going to give was certainly true because he had had the personal experience of seeing and hearing and handling of the Lord himself. Not only before his... uh, resurrection but after the resurrection and he has a tremendous message to give to the people in the third verse we found out that he had a desire that those who did not accept the Lord as Savior would do so and would become members of a joint fellowship with other believers and we talked about that extensively I want us to look at verse 5 just a moment before we get into verse 6 because I think it sets the stage. When he talks about the message that he is going to present, he said, This then is the message which we heard from him that is heard from Jesus and we are now declaring unto you. And here it is, very simple, very small statement, but very dynamic. And he says, the message that Jesus gave to us to give to you is, God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Now, over in the book of James, chapter 1 and verse 17, we have another statement of a similar nature dealing with light. When... uh, Chapter 1, verse 17, when James says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and comes down from, notice, the Father of lights, 
with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. That phrase in the latter portion of that verse used to bother me a lot. Neither shadow of turning. I didn't quite understand uh, what that meant. And I've come to realize, after a considerable amount of study on it, that we could properly translate it, there is no shadow in his turning. That is, even when God turns, there is not the slightest amount of shadow cast. He is complete and full light, total light, never even a slight hint of a shadow falls from the person of God. There is no shadow cast by his turning. Now I want you to look at verse 6. When he talks about people that he is encouraging to join in a fellowship with other believers and join in a fellowship with God, which is the statement of verse 3. He says then in verse 6, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. The last phrase of that is, is Old English, and we would say it this way, we lie and do not do the truth. That's the meaning of it. If we say that we are in fellowship with God, but do not do the truth, we're lying. I'm sure all of you have been around uh, people who are name droppers. I, uh, when the Arch Moore was governor, I had a lot of that happen with me. Uh, I, most of you know that part of my responsibility in my daily job with the Department of Health is to enforce the laws of West Virginia. And I carry a badge on my belt to uh, assist in that enforcement. And sometimes I do carry a gun, not often. I don't like to do that, so I don't, but I can. And uh, when I am in confrontation with someone over a particular enforcement problem, I am frequently, and was definitely during Arch Moore's days, uh, confronted with name droppers who will say to me, well, you know, when I was in the governor's office the other day, Arch said to me, intending to intimidate me to say, look, if you don't back off, I know somebody in higher power that I'll get to come down on you. Or they will say, do you know Sergeant so-and-so of the state police? Or, you know, the name droppers. Who want to be identified with somebody in authority and in power. Feeling that this gives them some kind of an edge that will run up on you. Uh, I'm sure this happens in all walks of life. It certainly did when I was teaching school and uh, when I was principal and one of the teachers would let it drop that 
he or she knew the, the superintendent by first name and would call him by first name in order to get me to, you know, back off and do something different, name droppers. This is what John is talking about. If we name drop that, we have fellowship with God. And don't follow this name dropping with action that parallels it. We're lying. And I happen to know that some of the people who want to drop Art Spore's name was lying through the teeth. They've never been in his office. Probably never talked to him. But it's a good way to make people think that you're something that you are not. Is to find a name that you can hold on to and make people think that you are identified with that person. This is what many people both inside and outside the church do in trying to get others to think they certainly are living right at the foot of the cross. When in fact they're living at the mouth of hell. By dropping the Lord's name in certain locations or in certain company or at certain times that would, would tend to uh, elevate everybody else's attitude and idea toward him or her. John is saying talk is cheap, but action has value. Now, I want you to notice a little word that we sometimes overlook when he said lie and when he said say. Look at the word immediately preceding it. We say. We lie. John identifying himself with other people. In other words, it is possible that believers do this as well. We say we have fellowship. And we don't. We don't at all. You see, there is a distinction between being in grace and being in fellowship. There is a distinction of being out of grace and out of fellowship. We can certainly be in grace, that is, that we have received the love of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Our sins have been forgiven. We are saved, but we certainly are not living like it. Here is the out-of-fellowship Christian who says, Oh, yes, I love the Lord. Then come Monday morning, it's back to cursing, lying, Stealing, cheating, being blasphemous in every way and doing all the things that would certainly dispel the name drop that has just taken place. You see, a Christian who is out of fellowship, and oftentimes we are in that category, I think we would have to all confess that there's not a one of us here, but what at some time, although we love the Lord, certainly have not walked well with him. 
although we believe with all our heart and it did in fact take place that there was a day that we were saved and we became a child of God have not been living as we should have lived with him. and we're out of fellowship and so we say he, uh, that we are in fellowship. Yeah, we're in fellowship. Yes, the Lord and I, you see, the Lord and I just had a conversation. Well, the last time I talked to the Lord, he said to me, you see the name drop? We're saying by living out of fellowship that sin is really unimportant. It doesn't really matter if I sin because whether I, how I act is of no consequence. It's saying, well, even if I do sin, then it's, nobody's ever going to know about it. I suspect that most of us, if not all of us, have said to ourselves or thought that very statement, well, I might be sinning but I'm not hurting anybody because nobody knows about it. Nobody knows. And don't stop to realize that if we are in fellowship with God, we are standing in the pure light that shines from God, and our sin is totally revealed to God. There's no shadow that comes from him. No place that we can hide. No place that we can cover because we're standing in pure sunlight from which there is not even a shadow. Now look at verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, that is, Jesus. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from our sins, from all, uh, from all sin. The two things that this verse states, that will happen if we walk in the light. Number one, we're going to have fellowship with others. That is, other believers, other people of like who have done the same thing. One of the things that the world noted about the apostles and his other followers, the Lord's followers, were that they loved one another. You know, this hasn't changed. The world looks at you and me to see how we treat each other. And by that, they form an opinion. They make a judgment. And let me tell you, if you have any hate in your heart for a fellow Christian, the world is going to know it. John is saying one of the products of walking in light is that we have fellowship with each other. Timothy Dwight, a song, a hymn writer, wrote these words. I want you to listen to one verse. I don't know if it's in our hymn book or not. I haven't looked for it. It's sung a lot in some churches. It says this, I love thy church, O God, 
My walls before thee stand, dear as the apple of thy eye, engraven on thy hand. For her my tears shall fall, and for her my, my prayers ascend. To be uh, my cares and toil to thee, to her, I'm sorry, to her my cares and toils be given, till toils and cares shall end. I think. The answer to the question, are you in fellowship with God, can be responded to by responding to the question, are you in fellowship with other believers? If people are out of fellowship with the church, they're out of fellowship with God. The people of the church ought to love the church with all their heart. And you know, this is something that is really wearing on my mind and heart. And I hear other pastors in our pastors' meetings say the same thing, and we talked about it Friday night when we met. We met almost forever Friday night, it seemed like. One of the things that we were saying is that the people of our church today do not really have a commitment to it. Not just here, but everywhere. And seemingly it's becoming worse and worse that it's easy for a person to get up and leave and go. Never anymore to identify with the body that they have said they are in fellowship with, and therefore they're out of fellowship with God if they're out of fellowship with the church. This is one of the things that will happen if people walk in the light that shines from God, there will be an identification with the body. That's strong and pure and good and sincere and constant. Then the second thing that he says here, the second thing that he says will happen is that we will have our sins washed away by the blood. I want you to look at that. What does the blood do? The blood cleanses. This is not past tense. Our sins were not covered by the blood just one time, but there is a context in which we can say our sins are continually washed away by the blood. Salvation comes to a person who accepts the death of Christ on the cross as his sacrifice, the blood flowed from the Lord, and the unsaved person accepts that. And when the unsaved person accepts that, the Lord forgives and washes away his sin in the blood.
then what happens? There is no point in going back to the Lord and talking about that past sin because he has already washed it away and there's no more record of it. This is one of the things that people have trouble understanding. I have trouble, I'm sure you do as well. It's difficult for me to forgive myself. And I therefore bring up that sin over and over and over again in my conversation with the Lord. And the Lord doesn't know what I'm talking about. You know why? Because he washed it away the first time when I asked him to. And there's no more record of it. Why therefore should I keep bringing it up to him? He has cleansed me. And I am now, therefore, able to stand in the light that shines from God and stand there purified, and even I do not cast a shadow in that moment of time because I have been made pure by the blood of Christ and can stand and be examined in His light without fear for my sins have been washed away. Now there may be very well some in this congregation this morning whose sins have not been washed away and they stand on your record. You could not possibly stand in the light of God because the scrutiny of the light of God would reveal all of those impurities and all of those sins and all of that unwillingness to repent. But you can repent this morning and accept the Lord Jesus Christ's death on the cross as your sacrifice and allow, therefore, the blood of Christ to wash over you and take away every sin. It's a purifying agent. You can have that happen. There are some others in this congregation that perhaps need to make other decisions. Some to become a member of this fellowship and identify with, with this body. And we certainly would hope that you would do that this morning. And there may be others of you who need to to straighten things out between you and your Lord because you can't stand in His light this morning. You're stained. But you can be washed free of those sins as well in the same way. And maybe you ought to come and spend some time at the altar just on your own if you want. You don't need to talk to me. But if there is a decision bearing on your heart that you want to walk in the fellowship with God Therefore, in fellowship with other Christian people, and things aren't right as they ought to be right now, with you to do that, you can make them right this morning. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.